Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. Make yourself at home. Welcome to episode 14 of the Untangling Life Podcast. I'm Rachel, and I'm so grateful you're listening in today. At my last count, listeners were tuning in from over 66 or 67 countries, and that is super exciting. This episode, we are continuing the series on learning to pray from women in the Bible. And in episode 13, I introduced this series and gave a review of six women in the Bible whose prayers are recorded for us. Today, we are deep diving into the prayer of Deborah. You can find Deborah's story in Judges chapters 4 and 5. Judges chapters 4 and 5. Now, Deborah was a wife. She was a mother. She was a prophetess and judge. And I like to call myself a multitasker, right? She was a woman of faith who had been placed in authority over the children of Israel. The only female judge recorded. We don't have her path to this placement, but we know this was a place of honor. And she was viewed as one having strong wisdom and guidance. She led Israel and as a country, they had been cruelly oppressed for 20 years. Can you imagine? Now you have to think this was the pattern of the children of Israel. Throughout the book of Judges, they turned to evil, did evil things, turned away from the Lord. And then when they were oppressed, when the enemy was surrounding them, when they had no other way to turn, they would finally look up and cry for help. And this is where we find Deborah. She led the people. They had been cruelly oppressed for the 20 years. And as a whole, they were crying out to God for help. So Deborah arises. I love that it says she arose. She arose a mother and she called out Barak. She says God's commanded him to take 10,000 men and defeat this enormous army, their enemy. The Bible says that Sisera, the army commander, had 900 iron chariots. This means that he had wealth and manpower to create those chariots. How could footmen go up against the horsemen and win? And this must have been what Barak was thinking when he answered Deborah, Okay, you go, I'll go. But if you don't go, I'm not going either. Barak was surely full of fear, and I wonder if part of his logic behind this you-go-I'll-go issue was a test of Deborah's belief level. How much faith and conviction did she have in her word from the Lord? I think Barak knew that if Deborah said she would go, then her belief in what God had told her was 100% conviction that God would do what he said he would do. And while we have no idea from scripture what method this word from the Lord was delivered to Deborah, you know, where did she get the idea that Barak is supposed to go down and fight this enemy? The Bible doesn't give a description, but it is clear that Deborah's reputation preceded her. This was not the first word from God that had been given to her. And maybe Barak felt like having Deborah was extra security. He knew that God's hand was on her life, and maybe he wanted her close to the battle for that reason. But while Barak is fearful, Deborah is not afraid to go. She knows that where God guides, 
he provides. Deborah gives another prophetic word to Barak in her reply to his demand. Because Barak is requiring Deborah to go with him, she says, you know what? The battle is not going to be delivered to you. It's going to be delivered to the hand of a woman. And so Barak and Deborah go to Kadesh, Kadesh, where she has to prompt him along once again. Listen to Judges 4, 14. Then Deborah said to Barak, go, exclamation point. This is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? Question mark. I just love the punctuation there. Barak finally gets his head in the right place and moves forward in the battle. He and his men destroy all of the enemy's troops. Not a man was left except for Sisera, the leader, who fled on foot and hid in the tent of a woman named Jael. Jael kills Sisera by driving a tent peg through his head, and that is how Deborah's prophecy came to be revealed. Barak did all the work of slaying the enemy army. But the victorious moment of slaying the enemy leader was given to a woman just as Deborah predicted. This moment brings us to the song of victory that Deborah sings, which is Judges chapter 5. And this song also serves as a prayer. The song is 31 verses long, but there are three portions of verses I want to highlight in this episode. The first is verse 4 and 5. When you, Lord, went down from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water, the mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, the God of Israel. And I believe that Deborah is addressing the Lord because remember how Deborah asked Barak, has not the Lord gone ahead of you? Deborah is teaching us to remember that God already knows your needs. His map has charted out the course of your journey. He is not guessing where you need to go next. He has already gone ahead of you. And I am preaching this to myself. It has been challenging not to get discouraged on this journey of my husband's unemployment. I'm sick of it. Y'all are probably sick of hearing about it. But what I am learning from this woman in the Bible, Deborah, is that the Spirit lives inside of me and is directing me. And as I'm relying on Him... I can rest assured that where God guides, he provides. And y'all, he has provided in crazy, crazy ways for our family during this time. I am a part of a group of women who are brilliant leaders. I consider it such an honor to be able to rub shoulders with these women who are called by God to speak and to write and to lead. And when They first found out back in March that my husband had lost his job. They were praying over me. And at the end of the prayer, one of the women prayed and said, Lord, I'm praying for an avalanche of finances to bless Matt and Rachel during this time. And it was such a beautiful prayer, an unexpected prayer. And even when we finished praying, one of the other women in the group commented to her, I have never heard that term before praying for an avalanche of finances, but I just love it. We all sort of noted the moment and I can't even spit the words out well enough to explain to you how God has answered her prayer in so many ways. And the first way was just a couple of weeks after she had prayed that prayer. I could hardly believe it. But in the mail came a check from our mortgage escrow account. 
and it was a surplus check of several thousand dollars that we had no idea was coming, no clue whatsoever. And I called her and I said, friend, God has answered your prayer and I want to thank you for praying over us. And as I look back over the last six months, I could name time after time. I am not kidding you. I have a journal entry log of all of the blessings that God has given to us in this time since March. And I just cannot believe how the Lord has blessed us. And I know I I should have the faith to know that where God guides, he will provide. But it is being shown to me day by day on a daily basis. Give us this day our daily bread. And I am just so grateful. Even yesterday, I was floored to receive a piece of mail that I opened. And it was from medical facility from a recent issue that our family had encountered in the last few months. I had no idea how it was going to get paid, what would happen with it. It was a several thousand dollar bill and I was in such anguish over it. But each time that I felt like I should be worried about this bill the Lord would prompt me to pray. And I would remember all of the times that he has cared for us in the past. And since our children were small, and since I really began to walk with the Lord and stay as close as I could to him, and I just cannot forget how good he has been to us. But yet when the burdens are heavy, it and you can't see where you're going, you know, we, we don't know where things are coming from. We're just working as hard as we can every day and living by faith. And yesterday, this piece of mail came and from a medical facility and I opened it. I probably, who knows, I couldn't even find the words to explain to my husband what I was excited about. The paper showed a zero balance on our account. And I just could not believe it. I I really could not believe it. God has graciously provided for us in so many ways during this time. And so I just look at Deborah's words and I say, you know, has not God gone ahead of you? Has he not? And I preach it to myself. And so I'm preaching it to you as well. And so Deborah's song continues for many more verses, really is an historical example, an illustration of singing the history of a battle and the importance of noting all the details of what happens in your life when God praises you. That's why I keep that journal of blessings during this unemployment season. But I want to skip over to the end of Judges where Deborah ends her song because I think This is the area where we can learn so much from her again. She addresses the Lord in the song. She is praying. It is a prayer. The very last verse, verse 31 of Judges 5. So may all your enemies perish, Lord, but may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land had peace 40 years. Listen to that verse one more time. So may all your enemies perish, Lord, but may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. 
You know, there is nothing more beautiful than the sunrise or the sunset. If you follow me on social media at all, then you will know that I am crazy about the beautiful colors of the sky in the morning and the evening, especially the evening where we live. But if we look at Deborah's statement here, think about the sun. You know, the sun is the closest star to earth. And even at a distance of 150 million kilometers, which is 93 million miles, can't even wrap your head around that, the gravitational pull holds the planet in orbit. So the sun is holding the earth in its place. Did you catch that? The sun radiates light, heat, solar energy, and that is what makes it possible for life to exist on the earth. Deborah is sharing a prayer secret with us. It's a blessing spoken by her over generations to come. May all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Deborah is saying that a consistent prayer life yields strength and confidence unlike anything else. You know, when you think of the sun, you automatically think of its predictability. And there are many passages in the Bible that reference this fact. But let's just go over a few of them. Luke 1.78 says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. This passage is about John the Baptist and the consistency of our God, the faithfulness of God to provide someone to prepare the way for his son. That is what that verse is talking about. In another section of the Bible, Hosea the prophet says, Let us acknowledge the Lord and let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Hosea's plea is that he knows God is going to answer. As surely as the sun rises, God will show up. And Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No matter what transition you are encountering, God is always with you and for you. We have to remember this above all in unprecedented times. I saw a meme the other day that said, I would like to live in precedented times, please. <laughs> Pretty cute, huh? The prayer for day five of our Certain Through Uncertainty Bible Reading Journal reads, Lord, when interruptions drop into my life, help me remember that you never change. Remember, Deborah's prayer encouragement to us is to be like the sun, expected, unvariable, steady, dependable, persistent, and consistent. So many passages in the Bible are reminding us of the glory of the sun, but this importance of being consistent in prayer is modeled for us also by Daniel. You know, I have to think of Daniel in a foreign place. He has been elevated to a status of eliteness in his area of expertise as a leader. And three times a day, the Bible tells us he was setting his face toward Jerusalem and he prayed to the one true God. As a result of this prayer habit, he wound up in the lion's den. His story is one of the most familiar in the Bible, but I want to read to you from Daniel 6, 17 
through 13 because the confidence he has is unveiled through his words. He reflects exactly what Deborah is saying in Judges 5:31 as he was like the sun rising in its strength. Listen to Daniel 6:17 through 23. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. God God's word fires me up. Did you hear that? No wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. I'm praying this for my family today, that because we have trusted in our God, no unemployment wound can be found on us. If you saw me on the street, my desire is that you would have no idea of the burdens our family is carrying right now because Jesus in me shines brighter. I want this for you too. I don't know who's listening. I don't know what your wound would be, but maybe you need to know that because you're trusting in your God, no disease wound can be found on you. No heartache wound can be found on you. No relationship wound can be found on you because you are trusting in your God. I want to share with you um, this prayer, a prayer for strength. Dear Father, sometimes the cares of the day seem to multiply while the blessings fade so quickly. My body grows tired and my mind even more tired. Jesus, help me. Give me the strength you've promised in your word. Give me the power to take the next step. Give me your grace, for I know in my weakness your strength is revealed. May I receive it today. Amen. May you rise like Deborah, the wife, mother, prophetess, judge, and prayer warrior, to be like the sun when it rises in its strength. And that, my friends, is today's thread of hope. If you long to be more consistent in your prayer life, then don't miss my brand new resource, 31 Days of Prayer for the Heart. This beautiful set of 31 topical prayers is designed to meet you in your hardest moments and help you remember that prayer trumps panic every time. My husband and I joined efforts on this project and he handcrafts every display stand. Help me keep his hands and heart busy while he is pursuing employment. <laughs> Head over to cardshop.rachelwojo.com. For this segment of episode 14, you'll find 31 Days of Prayers for the Heart on my desk and also on my desk, the Certain Through Uncertainty Bible Reading Plan and Journal. We will begin our walk through this journal on October 1st, so grab your digital download and remember that consistency provides confidence. See you again soon. God bless. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. Hello, my name is Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.